What's up, everybody? I'm here with my new friend uh, who is a he's a chef. He's a personality on Instagram. He's a fun guy. Who are you and what do you do? What's up, guys? How you doing to the podcast uh, audience here? Uh, my name is Ronaldo Linares. By day, I'm a private chef. I have my own private chef business, uh, Ronaldo Linares. You can visit at RonaldoLinares.com. And I pretty much make amazing private Michelin star meals for people at their house. And I also have uh, clients on a weekly basis where I prepare their food uh, based on their dietary needs. You know, um, it could be anyone from, uh, you know, Canada. for example, I have somebody today, I'm meeting today over the phone who is going through chemotherapy. So they need a certain diet for the next six to eight weeks because it does take a toll on your body. So we're going to talk and then we're going to set things up. So what I'll be doing is providing their, their food uh, according to what their, their nutritionist wants them to eat. But I make it just uh, at another level. And then I'm a big athlete, man. I've been an athlete all my life. Uh, I love pushing it. I love exercising. One of my big passions is uh, mixed martial arts. I know you had Big Al on, the king, the greatest person in this world. Um, and he is my sensei for the last 10, 10 plus years. And um, like FTW, which probably going to hear a lot about him, he's um, also double hip. He came to me about it. I told him, go get it, change your life. So I have my, my double hip replacements. And I recently popped that out. We'll talk about that later. But that's who I am, man. Perfect. Yeah. And um, all the links to your stuff will be down below in the description, of course. And thank you for coming on. Yeah, I wanted to, but really interested me is that I've never even thought about that. You have a client who's going through chemotherapy and they need a specific diet. Um, and you actually have to work like around that specific diet that they have. Is this something that happens in your line of business often? Um, not, not too often. It, it, it happens. It, it, it comes and goes. Right. But the cool thing about it is that those clients, you know, they're, they're, they're great because I know what they're coming for and they know what I offer and, what my, what my pricing is, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not cheap, uh, but I do provide one amazing service. And the cool thing is I get to help them through their journey, right? I get to help them through that therapy, through that chemo. And sometimes we end up talking a lot of personal things because they go through a lot, man. They go through a lot of, and uh, when you're going through something like that from experience, not through cancer, thank God, but like, let's say for my hips, it's hard to talk to family because they don't get, you know, typically they won't give you that answers that you're looking for. They are too, too sympathetic towards you. You know, you, you talk outside your circle, outside of the family circle, you get those real, uh, those real answers, like shut your mouth and keep going. You're going to be fine. And sometimes you need to hear that. So it's cool for me to be able to create customized meals, foods, creations, and bring that happiness at that moment in time where they're eating that food, uh, that joy and, and let them forget about, the the horrible fight they're going through you know yeah absolutely um i just had uh by the time this is released i will have just had Derek mcfadden on he's a great author his, his book his book's like out on amazon it's out right. everywhere and he has cerebral palsy and they told him he was never going to be able to like do so many things because he had his he was pulled out of the womb with like forceps um and it like messed up his brain a little bit really? but he's able to write and yeah, you know, one of the things he said to me was, you have to go outside of your family to get critiques on your book and on your writing. Yes. And I imagine it's, I imagine it's the same thing with everything else. And, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, the food that you prepare or, 
you know, the, the journey that you're going through, because you really do need to get like good critique out there. Do you, do you think it's becoming easier or harder for people to find, you know, honest criticism for whatever they do? I think it depends on your circle, man. I think it depends on the people that you have um, around you, uh, how you're going to get that, that criticism. Um, you have your, so I, I also like, I also have a book, um, Chef Ronaldo Saura Zacuba, which is a bestseller on Amazon. Um, and, and with that, I went outside the family to ask just people that I didn't really know and knew well, but I know they were going to give me this, the straight and narrow, you know, uh, and you definitely need that. You, you got to go outside. Uh, if you want to hear hard truth, not that your family is not going to give it to you, but if you want to hear a hard criticism, you have to go to that unique circle of friends. Like I have my unique circle where I could go to them with whatever it is. I complain, I gripe, I'm feeling down about something. They'll, they'll let me know. Um, they'll let me know the business. It could be, it could be empathy on their part. It could be sympathetic. It could be, you know what? I feel you or, I, or a simple, you know, shut the F up and <laughs> keep it moving, you know? So it's yeah. all depends, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, we all have a lot of times, especially now, the, the world's more global. Um, you know, there are resources for this kind of thing, you know, and we can have so many circles of friends. You know, it's like high school. Um, yeah. It's not like high school is really not really as clicky as it seems in movies. Like you move. Everyone moves around, you know, like that's how life is. less, less click. A hundred percent less. Click. Right. Yeah. At least when I at least when I was in high school, which was not that long ago, um, you know, it's like if the jocks hung out with the stoners and the uh, um you know, the nerds would like hang out with the, the jocks to like everyone kind of like moved around a little bit yeah. to some degree, yeah. but there, there's clicks and you know, that's how life is. So you need, sometimes you just need to know which circle is going to be honest because you can still have your friends critique stuff. And if they're going to be honest with you, like that's almost better because they know how to say it without being too empathetic or too apathetic. You know, you don't want someone to blow smoke up your ass, yeah. but you also don't want someone to be like, this sucks. I don't like this because they don't even know you. Yeah. 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 And they're not going to take the time, you know, I mean, there's so many things that go to that, right? Are they going to take the time to really take a look at it? Are they going to spend the time? Do they care? Are they, are they in, invested emotionally with what you're doing? So take, you, you know, when you ask, when you ask advice from somebody, you got to take a lot into account, right? Where are they in, the, in their life? What, the, what have they done? Have they gone through similar struggles? Do they, like, I'm not going to go ask um like let's say i have an idea hey, i have an idea about this book about you know just all about chicken and that's it and the chicken and, and, and the book is going to be focused on chicken that's it and i go to the guy that's written books about beef and i'm like yo bro i'm, I'm thinking about doing this book about chickens and he's like that's stupid he's like why is it stupid oh no, you know i i don't think it's gonna work why not well you know it's, it's chickens I'm like, yeah, but you have a, a book about all beef and it's worked. Yeah, but it's different. It's chicken. It's, you know, it's, you have to go to the people that know about what your particular, whatever subject or, or problem or issue you're having, have they gone through it? And if they haven't, don't, don't go down that alley because they're going to put shit in your mind that you don't need. Yeah, exactly. We all, we all have to just take into account that we're constantly being primed by ideas subconsciously too. So if you, you know, that's the whole thing. Like you also have to have a, like a good circle around you. If you hang out with people that all they do is complain all the time, like, yes, it's fun to talk shit. Yes, it's fun to complain a little bit. But people that complain all the time, they're just going to drag you down like an anchor. And you right. don't want an anchor. You want to be able to move your ship around from island to right. island and, and 
exactly and and you know explore new ideas you know life is basically like that it's like the, you know it's like the caribbean you want to you don't want to just stay on one island the entire time you want to go around you want to go maybe you know to the bahamas one day um i don't know my geography that well <laughs> i go to bahamas you go to haiti you go to cuba puerto rico dominican republic the virgin islands jamaica like you really want to see where where, where you at and that's absolutely correct right you you want to make sure that you are are learning as much as possible and just being cautious of of who you're learning those things from and and who you're sharing your energy with like I, at this point in my life uh, i'm about to be 40 this year and my patience level with stupidity is zero now like i just don't don't deal with it i don't want to be around people that that complain and that includes my family and my non-family members because it stresses me out it puts me like i I don't want to hear your shit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, if you're just going to complain and you haven't done nothing about it, I don't want to hear about it. If you're going to come to me and, and be like, hey, this is what's going on, that's different. But if you're just right. constantly bringing that, I'm like, nah, nah, bro, keep that shit over there on that side of the street. This side of the street, we're good. We are chilling. We're having a good time. There's an issue. We address it. Right. We confront it and we fix it and we move forward, you know? And and I, it's just hard to be around that. I've been through too much shit in my life to, to be dragged down, to be hearing that shit. I just, I just can't, I just can't, I, I can't do it. I do it, you know, with my kids, you know, when he's six years old and he starts complaining about it. And I, I'm like, stop, what are you, you complaining about? What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. And he's like, all right, dad. Yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah, he's six, but I don't care. You know, he's gotta be spoken to as an adult. So right. um, he, he understands, it's, you know, we don't, we don't live here a, on a fluffy cloud. You know? Yeah. Life's not a fluffy cloud. Like nature is very brutal and we're still very much in a state of nature. It's just, you know, it's just human nature. And I agree with everything you said, brother. It's like, everyone should be able to vent. That's what friends are for. If you need to, to talk to me about shit. Yes. I will be an ear. I love you. Let's talk. And then if you want me to help, want my advice, ask for it. If you don't, I won't, you know, I won't try to force it down your throat, but if you're someone who just likes to complain just because I mean, we all know those people who just complain in our family, our friends, just because they don't have anything else going on. Like, that's your that's your fault. Like, you have to, like, change it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's some people you just give them the same advice and advice and advice and they never take it. And it's like, OK, you're dragging me down and you're pissing yeah, me man. off because I'm getting worked up. I'm getting yeah. worked up right now. 100 percent. I've learned I've learned from that big time um, throughout my years where I will give my time to people. And they will come to me. And then after a while, I'm like, bro, this, you're addressing me about the same shit every time we talk. And you're not yeah. taking action. So I, I'm like, we're done. We're done. Yeah. And yeah, next and time you come to me, you know what I do? I just listen. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't give nothing back anymore. I'm not going to give you my value back. I just, you want to, I listen, man. I'll be like, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And you're not, you're not going to get back to me. And, and the funny thing is when that has happened lately, you know, it's happened a few times where I'm just like, uh-huh. And they know me. They know I'm quick to give. I'm like, nope, I'm not doing it anymore. They hmm. stop. It's like they realize, like, yo, what am I doing? And I think that's another, you know, there's another a different way to to say a lot without saying something. You know, my father always says, um, with saying, I don't know, they can't write nothing bad about you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You think about that, right? It's like, um, you know, if you let's say someone uh, like someone commits a, let's say somebody, you see a crime committed. Like right. Crime committed, right. <laughs> and um, there's the cops come and there's 10 of you there. And everyone's talking, everybody's with them. They come to you. What did you see? I don't know. Nothing. 
yeah, but you were here. I don't know. But I don't know. They're like, all right, anyway, let's go. So it's like, with saying I don't know, not enough. You can't write nothing. Can't say nothing good or bad about you. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. and you have to apply that to certain certain situations in your life. You know, and it's okay. You don't have to fucking always give an answer. Just be, I don't know, bro. Yeah, it's it's not the law that you have to respond. Like every, I think now people think they have to have an opinion on everything and respond yeah. to everything. Yeah. But if we just take a step back and realize, like our perceptions are almost always wrong to some degree. So it's not really a lie to say that you don't know because. You don't, you don't want someone to have this like linguistic thing where they're like, I need your advice right now. You have to give me something. Yes or yes. And it's oh like, well, God, actually, yeah. yeah. And it's like, I feel like if you don't answer people are like disappointed, I'm like, bro, I, I don't, I mean, I have no idea. Go, go Google that shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, bro. Go ask, go ask Alexa. She'll let you know. She always has something to say. Um, but I just don't, I don't feel like it, there's a need for always, say be known and like you said man like today's world with social media and all that shit everyone's an expert on every single fucking every every subject everyone and it's sad because everyone's trying to fit into a certain category or just be seen about something and and you know it's it's crazy like you, for that video, you know that video that's going around with homeboy, uh, OG, bro, OG gangster, West Coast, drinking the cranberry juice. Oh, I right? love that video. All right. So um, he just uh, organically, he put it up, drinking the cranberry juice, just chilling, bro. Just vibing. Yeah. Shout out to all the um, And then you see, exactly, you see tattoos. That, this guy's an OG, OG, bro, right? <laughs> gangster. Yeah. And um, now everyone, oh, let's do the cranberry challenge. Now everybody's doing it. And the good thing for him is that he's he's got an agent. He's getting money. He's getting gigs for this, this and that, which is great. But it's sad because it had, took something like that, playing a certain song for a certain, demo, certain demographic to catch attention to it while he was already. But the thing is, he was already he's been posting for a while. You've yeah. been putting it out there for a while. And that's the thing. So it had to do, you had to click certain things. And then now everybody is out there. Let's do the cranberry. Uh, it's just stupid. Like trying to catch that little moment of unsustainable fame, mm. which where that's not who they are. Like right. me, per like me, you know, a lot of my business is through social media. When I'm working with brands, I'm doing all this stuff, but I keep it to me, man. I can't go out that that zone like, oh my God, this is really cool right now. Let me try that. Hopefully. And I just I just keep it to who I am. And the people that do work with me see that value that I that I bring um to the table. But it's you know, I, I see that kind of things. I'm like, man, you're taking this man's moment and, and you're trying to make it to your own for you know for you to you know, this guy was just doing something naturally for himself. And now everybody's jumping on that, on that board, trying to take it from him and I give the credit where it belongs, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it, people used to say, um, before the term millennial was thrown around, people would say like, Oh, generation me, you know? And, and I think the way social media has been, you can see people of all age groups kind of fitting into that, yeah. um, that thing. And I don't even think it's, I think people have to be aware of it. To change it but it's you know it's a lot of it's just like the system we're in man like we're at a certain point in history in the world where 
we're going to look back at this and our, our, um, you know, way down the line, people, hundreds of years will look back at this period and be like, wow, people were very obsessed with themselves, you know? And I, I love to hear myself talk, you know what I mean? Like, I love talking. Of course. Hey, who, who, who doesn't? doesn't? I mean, I love shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you're also, I'm getting, you know, and I, I've, I love talking to you so far. You're a very open guy. Very ask anything, bro. Ask anything. Yeah, I love it. So, so what do you think cooking and being able to experience all these different cultures and foods has, you know, in a very, I guess, Bourdain-esque style has helped you understand people at large more? Yeah, for sure. I've, I've gone through four decades, right? Through the 80s, 90s, the 2000s. 2010s about to go into the 2020s so i'm going to give you guys a little background right a little bit of you know behind the the onion the peel of the onions right all those layers shrek style so 1980 um i was born in colombia 1980 december 3rd um and from the period of like 80 oh shit like 84 to 89 was was really bad cartel wars pablo escobar you don't know who he is look him up one of the biggest kingpins in the world today highest earning kingpin to the world today. Like nobody nobody has done better than this guy but with that said this guy was a bad man this guy his organization um what they did in medellin and and what they did to to what's the word i'm looking for um to 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 make their violence okay, right? Um, I, I can I know the word is right here, but I can't fucking get it. Anyway, they would through their terror to make a point to the government. They would bomb police stations. They would kill people on the street. They would pay the poor so they if they're hitting their barrios, right, and their little in their slums, they wouldn't rat them out. So systematically, he did this. Understood. And they started, and then there was a point that we're going after Americans living in 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 uh, Colombia, which we were Americans living in Colombia. So we we're being targeted, assassinated, car bombed, on on a motorcycle, bro, in the back with a Uzi, man, taking people out. I remember the first time I saw somebody get killed. I was six years old, front lawn, helping the, our 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 lawn, a lawn guy, right. Uh, our our landscaper and uh, we were out there and I was out there with the old school lawnmower bro it's like had the blades and you push it and it just went like this right and you had to go over like 10 freaking times that was the lawnmower back then so I was pushing it picking up grass clippings just helping out you know and I heard a few shots I looked down a lady gets shot in the face like five times minutes later the other guys get shot it was like they were going after a, a mafia member and I remember running down and seeing all this pool of blood, blood gushing out of the head. It was crazy. Weeks later, something else like that happened. A car bombing went off near our house. Man, it was, it was pretty crazy. And then we moved to the United States um, and we, we went from a state of wealth. We were well off there. We had our nightclub restaurant. My father did very well. We, you know, we had our mate. I mean, we lived good, bro. And then we came here, we were homeless. Because we had to leave Colombia and we had to sell everything cents to the dollar. So we, there was no money, man. It was crazy. We just, you know, be, it was nuts, bro. We got here and we had to live with like certain family members. We were in one bedroom apartments. We were in an attic from a mansion, bro. You know what I mean? So I've, I, I've been on both ends of the stick. And where I'm at now in my life, 
where I have progressed and this that trials and tribulations, you know, being a Marine, serving this country, uh, being a veteran, you know, to where I'm at now, I'm very proud, very happy of my accomplishments, being a book author, being a father, being a husband. You know, there's a lot of things that I've done um, for me and also to with the work, the community work that I do with, for my people to showcase to them that, you know, you don't have to be of a certain family, of a certain structure, a certain upbringing. You know, you just have to have that that belief in yourself to be able to get where you need to get and to be able to share your story in a way where it's impactful. Yeah, uh, 100%. And um, you, what your story reminds me of this saying, uh, uh, mi hermano político told me, because uh, my mi madre política es de, uh, está de Ecuador. Uh-huh. So... Um, I don't know, no sé cómo se dice en, uh, en español, uh, pero the saying is, God chokes you to let you know you're alive in Spanish. Dios, Dios te orca para que sepas que estás vivo, right? Sí, sí, sí. And That's a good that really, saying, dude. What? That's a good saying. It's so good, isn't it? Sometimes, yeah. Bro, sometimes I feel like God is just barely letting me breathe, man. Like, honestly, bro, there's sometimes that I'm just like, I'm a big, you know, I'm, I have a lot of faith, man. And, you know, sorry to interrupt your train of thought, but no, like, please. but like, I feel, man, sometimes, bro, it's like, like God can just come right here. He doesn't want to let go. So like, he just like for, for, for weeks, months at a time. And I'm like, man, just, just, just that. I just need that, that fucking moment. And when you think you got that moment again, it's like, no, not yet. You're not ready yet. Um, and, you know, and I, I've learned to cope with it even more, right? So it's and it's an example that I that I that I give to people. It's like you're in the waiting room at the doctor's waiting room, right? And you have an appointment at 11:30, and it's not 12:15. We've all been there, right? When it's like I gotta go, and a lot of people get up, they change their appointment because they gotta go, um, and, and that's the same thing in life. You have to wait for your turn. So while you're waiting for your turn, just get better at what you're doing. So when the doctor, right, life, God, whoever it is, calls you to that moment and opens that door and calls your name, the nurse in this case, you're more than ready. And, and if it's for a, a certain gig or whatever it is you do in life, you're going to be better off from it instead of walking away from the opportunity and making an appointment later on because it might not be there, you know? Whoa. Yeah, I love that. I love that analogy of the doctor's office, too. That's That was great, man. I love that. Yeah, there's the, you know, there's an old buddhist saying that people say all the time that like life is suffering and it is but that you know i think that you, gets were, you were saying about the choking what were you gonna go with that yeah basically around the same basically on the same concept like you know god chokes you to let you know you're alive in christian and you know in christianity uh life is suffering in buddhism and, and hinduism but um something that i've learned through re- reading uh some alan watts stuff is Yes, there's a lot of suffering, but suffering cannot exist without its opposite. And that is life is also very good. And you just got to learn how to accept that suffering because it's suffering will never go away in a a linear time frame. You know, like it'll always pop up hills and valleys, that sort of thing. So you have to learn how to take, you know, expect to suffer and know that you'll be okay on the other side, whether you're a millionaire or you're homeless, you, you know, this, that is a great tool to have just to be able to expect and be mindful 
of what's about to happen and know that things are always better on the other side. And, you know, if they're not, they're not, but you'll have solace within yourself. And that's what's, you know, that's really, I think the way to live life is just to live it because everything, everything happens for a reason, whether it's spiritual or not. And you just got to accept your situation, which a lot of people have a problem with, I think. Yeah, no, no, no. And you know, that saying right there, everything happens for a reason sucks, but it's so good at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because it's so true, you know, and, and you hear all the time, everything happens for a reason. You're like, yeah, what the fuck is the reason? Yeah. And then sometimes you're like, you know what? That's why it happened. At that moment, you don't understand it. But then later on, it will unveil itself for what the reason was, you know, getting mentally. So one of the things like I, I've learned a lot and, and then from Al as well, right? It's like pre preparing for life, you know, tr you know, like he has a saying at the dojo at, at, at the school where, you know, train like your life depends on it. And that goes across a big spectrum, right? Where, yes, you, when you're there, you're training to this, you know, to end somebody's life. End point. You're... I'm not trying to die. So if you're trying to take mine, I'm taking yours blank. Right. But also you take that past the dojo, right. Train like your life depends on it. So you're preparing yourself each and every day for what life has to bring on you. So you can be ready for that. So you could succeed because there's people depending on you. Just like you're in my case, it's my kids, my wife, uh, which I'm very fortunate with my mother, my, my older siblings, you know, each one depends on you in a different way. So you have to be able to be, be ready for those moments, right? And training like your life depends on, it takes a bigger meaning than just, you know, learning how to punch someone in the face. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, well, you know, going back to that God chokes you to let you know you're, you're alive thing that we were talking about. Do you think doing jujitsu, it's quite literally choking, you know, each other. Do you think that helps you prepare for of so many things outside of MMA. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, when you're for, when you're inside the the cage, when you're setting up a sparring match with little like four ounce gloves, right? And you're 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 about to go and you're sparring, but you get you know you, you're tapping, right? You're you're tapping your face, you're hitting the body, you're taking to the ground, you're about to get choked. Like you're you're survival mode, but you're controlled in that chaos, right? You're like, I'm fine. I've trained for this. And you're about to get choked. You're like, no, I'm good. I just got to get on my on my right hip because his arm's here. I got to get on my right hip so I could turn over. I could be on top while he's trying to do all this. You're, you're staying controlled in your system. As long as you're staying controlled in your bubble, right, you've, you're getting choked in life or at that moment, you're still breathing. You're like, you know, I'm still breathing. He doesn't have me now. He's going to let go. I'm going to get out of this moment. But I have to do what I practiced both in BJJ or in life to be able to succeed past this choke. Because if I don't, if I panic, if I forget everything I learned, I'm going to end up tapping out and miss either lose that match, get up, do it again, or miss that opportunity that came in front of me whether it be business, life, that girl, right? That girl you <laughs> go after, be like, yo, I, this, this honey right here, man, this is all mine. 
I've been working at it. I've been building up that courage to go up to her, to approach her, to speak to her. And when I went to say something to her, I completely tripped on my words because I wasn't ready past that choke. I choked in the moment and I just kept on walking. And right. guess what? That guy behind me did take that opportunity. And mm. guess what? He, he did it. So, you know, an opportunity that you... That you that um, that you lose someone else's game. Mm. Yeah, that's you know I I think you would love this book I just read. I, you might have already read it. It's called Zen in the Art of Archery mm-hmm. by uh, Eugene Harrigal, and it's about how the author went to Japan to learn Zen practices, and, and the way that they do it in Japan is they do it through archery or tea drinking or painting um there's a book called book of five rings where it's about sword fighting and what really interests me is that these are situations that you know us as westerners as uh you know people from the americas we think oh um or even like europe you know in in a lot of places we think oh um we're we're doing archery or jujitsu it's got to be stressful we always have to be like i used to wrestle and wrestling can be very stressful we don't really learn how to uh be Zen. It's very like, do this, do this, do this. And the big point of the, you know, the Zen practices and weaponry and fighting over there, it's an artless art. It's, you're not going to be a master unless you lose, not lose the fear, but you, you lose the fear of being afraid, right? Yeah. You, yeah. you take that fear. Um, Mark Schultz, who's an Olympic champ wrestler told me once um, on this podcast, yeah. You have to take fear and hold it like a precious gem and use it for other things, right? Yeah. So when you go up to that honey and look, everyone's scared when they approach a girl or a guy yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You just have to, you know, fake it till you make it, as they say. Make yeah. life like this artless art. Yeah. And you're never going to perform well if you're if you're distressed. You're going to perform well if you're you stressed and you know that, okay, I got this and I'm afraid, but it's okay because I know I'm afraid. Yep. Yeah, control chaos, man. Oh, you know, yes. Where, you know, that's where it lands. That's what, you know, one of the many lessons that that uh, King Big Al has taught me is having control chaos in the moment. You know, understanding that, man, this shit's stressful. This sucks, but I'll be fine. I got this, you know, and there's nothing like it, man. Like the whole, like archery, right? Archery is, you have to be completely loose, Right. But at the same time, so t- like tight core, you're breathing that 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 nozzle cannot can you time it in a way where it's when it drops, pff, you let there's so many components to that. So many components to shooting a rifle. Right. You know, shooting an M16, an old school M16. This is during my time, 500 yards down the lane, down, down, down the down the range at a prone position, hitting a 10 inch target right in the middle, 10 out of 10 shots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. That is that is right here, breathing control, understanding where you're at, feeling the ground. You know, that's a big thing, bro. Like, you know, people, you know, reading books on, on having your sand, on sore fire, all those things have, have the, the, the common um, lesson of let's feel our feet on the ground. Let's feel the surroundings, the wind, what's going on, your opponent. How is he dealing with the stress? Like, there's a lot of things. And if you are able to pick up on all those things, and when you bring up your, 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 your fists or your sword, right, or your gun, if you're able to understand all those moments, you're going to be able to react. 
quicker, see the danger at that moment and react at the moment and not hesitate. Because hesitation, hesitation, man, at any point, hesitating with the, with the girl, right? The honey there, hesitating in, 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 um, at a job, hesitating for an opportunity, hesitating to jab back. Because if you don't, you don't jab, you get countered, you get hit right in the face and it sucks, right? Yeah. So being able to, to land that first and take that, that, uh, that advantage, right? Take that position, you know, like a nice, being a good chess player. That's a, like all those things like just come together uh, in a way that is so effortless once you understand that. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Like, understand that all those components, how they're supposed to work together and intermingle. Oh, bro. Life is good, man. It's, it's, it's those moments. You have those moments where everything's just, you know, kind of like, you ever seen those, those old school movies, man, where the guy's walking around, he's got his fucking umbrella with the hook on the bottom. He's yeah. here. He kicks something, goes in the garbage, like boom. It talks. It's just the whole sequence that, you know what I'm talking about, that black sequence. Yeah. Perfect, perfect moment in time. And that's what you strive to, to do. And hopefully those moments in, in time, those perfect moments in time come during the times that you most need them, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I love that description. It's like, you know, if, if you learn that, you know, like I said, like life is like hills and valleys, but you can actually live kind of through a straight line through those hills and valleys. If, if you live the way that we do, you know, like very like stoic, Zen, faith, whatever you want to call it. If you just breathe right, really, you can yeah. live that old movie with the hook, kick stuff into the garbage can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, whistle while you're walking and like, yeah. you know, thump thumbing like a coin to a to a person on the street like here take this how you doing and it's just yeah, yeah. and it's just very life can just be very easy um do you f- get that feeling with cooking too because i imagine cooking has to be the, very similar yeah yeah no yeah going back to cooking man cooking is for me i i don't feel better than anywhere you know besides when i'm like besides when i'm i'm you know in the on the mats or whatever there's another like being in a kitchen, you know, my stadium. It's unbelievable, bro. I feel at peace. I feel complete zen. I'm the best, right? Um, I look at myself as the best when it comes to my flavors, my techniques, my plating, my presentation, my the story I tell you, um, the feelings that you feel when you're eating my food. Because if food is all about feelings, man. Food is about you having an experience like no other. So I want to provide that for you because food is an emotional connection to your past, to a moment in time where, I don't know, your grandma made this perfect pancakes and no one else could make them. If I could recreate that moment, I'm bringing you back when you were eight years old at the table, pouring, you know, nice warm maple syrup over some pancakes with perfect Irish butter right over the top. That Those are moments that I strive for when I'm making this food, when I'm creating these dinners for people. And I look for that. I look for that in their face. And I know I have that when they take a bite and they're just joyful. They're smiling. They're, they don't know what to say because that person next to them does not understand that this just transported them to when they were like 10. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's, what, that's what I look for. And, and that's what cooking gives to me, man. Um, it just brings me unbelievable joy. And I could literally just I feel like the, the the perfect song is on. I have the perfect dance partner and we just created a, a moment in time. And that's how I feel when I'm cooking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
there's nothing that brings people together like like a good meal and i imagine as a chef it's almost like a religious experience you know when you when you're able to be like i made this thing that's making people so happy right now yeah yeah no i made a dish man i made a oh man i made a dish uh a couple weeks two weeks ago uh for a private dinner so the lady i read for one it was a it was a six no five five course six course meal so the last course was a um it was i did some filet mignons with whatever 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 but one of the ladies could not have she didn't want to have beef she doesn't need beef so i'm like don't worry i'll make you something special for you so i got some sakai salmon so I sous vide it. I cooked it in a water bath, right? Vacuum sealed with a little sage, a little bit of black pepper, oil, sous vide it at 131 for 20 minutes. This gives it a perfect medium rare-ish. And then you just finish it on a pan, low heat, butter, kind of just bring it back to life. The sauce for it. Oh my God, bro. I did a, I took some minced onion, some celery, some carrot, um, some herbs, sauteed that down. I added uh, a bit of uh, coconut, uh, pure coconut milk cream, um, some homemade chicken stock. I put lemongrass in there, some curry powder, uh, a little bit of ají amarillo, which is a spice ají. Uh, put it in there, mix it around, and then just lowest temp, constantly stirring it for like three hours. Yeah. Topped it with, yeah, to- topped it with Fresno chilies, pickled Fresno chilies, real nice, crispy bay leaf. Uh, and then some herbs and everything, man, bro, that dish. Oh, and then I did a basket of fidua, uh, uh, fideos, which is like little, kind of like angel hair pasta. So I did a okay. basket on there. Man, let me tell you, bro, this lady was having an experience. <laughs> she, she is like, I've never had a meal like this in my life, let alone a dish this flavorful. And that right there, I'm just like... I was so happy, man, because I put, it's like I put into that one dish, like six hours of work, bro. One dish, Mm. you know? Yeah. When you cook, you're like putting a, it's like writing a book, you know, like you've written a book, you're putting a part of like books are more eternal. You're putting a part of your soul into this, this like little container and you're selling it out. But with, uh, with food, you're putting a part of your soul into something people are going to digest and like for a couple hours and love for the moment. And they might not forget that moment. You know, it's like when you're walking down the street and you smell a certain smell that reminds you of when you were a kid. And you're like, man, that's yep. so good. I wish I could hold on to that. Yep. So when you cook a meal like that, you're giving people that that like that like blessed nostalgic energy. And, and yep. it just like it just fills up. It fills up not only their belly, but uh, good vibes for the rest of the night and maybe for a few days after that oh no and it changes the night completely and it brings them like next time she smells lemongrass or coke, she's gonna remember that dish yeah and then she's there... gonna be like uh we need to have ronaldo again over the house and i'm like yes you do you know yeah. that, that's <laughs> what you know that's what happens man you know that's like why do you go to your favorite restaurant mm. because because what you said literally what you just you said something yeah. you're like man i haven't oh, that reminds me of this dish at this restaurant, you know what? Yo, honey, we're going out to eat. Mm. You want is to there go? a lot of is there a lot of like specific psychology and chemistry you need to know to be a good chef? I think, yeah, you know what? I think so, man. And that's a great question, man. I, I think you definitely uh on a psychology standpoint and, and on a chemistry standpoint, you need to understand your chemistry standpoint, you need to understand your flavors, your flavor combinations, your flavor pairings, what goes with what. Because there's always a perfect pairing for 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 meats or chickens for vegetables all that stuff right it has 
you got to think where it comes from and what spices, herbs are, are going to hug that dish better, right? Like one of the, one of the craziest pairings um, that I think a lot of people don't think about is beef and cinnamon. Mm. Yeah, so it's like you're making a beef dish, right? Let's say right now like a fall dish, a nice fall stew with a bunch of root veggies, all that stuff. Uh, sorry, I'm moving around, man. I'm just... Uh, hey, dude, do whatever you got to do, brother. It's very, it's very hip. casual. <laughs> my fucking hip, um, which we'll get into later. Um, but anyway, going back. So like like cinnamon, the, the it's crazy. You add that to a beef stew, per se, right? And all that, let it cook let it, a little bit. Cinnamon's strong. It brings out certain flavors of the beef that you wouldn't taste otherwise. And it's unbelievable. And you wouldn't think about it. You know, yeah. How do I know this through, through, through reading? Like everybody else knows shit, right? You read this stuff, right? And you just apply it to yourself. So understanding the chemistry aspect on a psychology standpoint, you have to really dive into uh, the people's psyche of how, why they're coming to your place, talking to them. If you have a restaurant, understanding their, their likes, dislikes. And then that's how you create your menu around that because there's a certain type of people that are going to the certain restaurant for a certain reason. People hire me for a certain reason. I have an edge because I have a one-on-one -on -one consultation and I get all that information out of you. So the menu I create, is going to touch all your senses. Mm. Yeah. It's important to have that like overarching, you want to hit all of the, like if you're playing a song, you don't want to miss any notes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're cooked, like you want to hit all those senses too. If you hear someone doing a cover of like Fur Elise, you know, and it's, they're like off key a little bit. It's like, da, yeah. da, 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 yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like, oh, you, you fucked up. Yeah. But so same with, same with cooking. You really have to, right. That, wow. That's an interesting point. You have to take into account so much and it's not stressful because you love doing it, which is kind of like a tell of like, oh, well, this is something you should be doing. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like hard work isn't even hard work. If you, if you, it's hard, but like, if you love it, like what, 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 what even makes something hard work at that point? Yeah, yeah. Like all work is hard. You know what I'm saying? Like everything yeah. <laughs> is hard. Like it's not easy per se, but it's just the way you approach it and, and like it. Work is work, bro. You know, like work is work. However you want to define it, uh, you know, anything great is going to be hard, right? Yeah. Uh, just, you know, a lot of people say work hard, not fast. I'm like, why not work fucking hard and fast? Right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if you can, why not? Stupid. Why not? Like, I want to work fast. I want to work hard. That's it. And I'm yeah. able to get it. I'm able to execute things a lot better at that point because I'm able to 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 get more things done, um, and and work under that pressure. That is that's my psyche. That's how I work. That's how I do things. But yeah, man, like you have a great. Next time you go out to eat, right? Pay attention to how of of the food. At a if you go to a nice restaurant, and if you go to a shit restaurant, pay attention to the care the nice restaurant right takes of the whole creation of the dish and then the shit restaurant the shit they give you and you eat it you're like i'm hungry i'll eat it like it's okay i expected this right like i set my expectations to where i'm going right i try to avoid the shit restaurant at all costs but sometimes you're on the road you're hungry and you gotta stop and you're like what this restaurant is not, but you know what? I'm putting my expectations as low as possible. So, and I'll order the, the, I'll order the dish that I'm like, there's no way they can mess this up. 
Um, and if it comes out good, I'm like, great. Right. If it comes out bad, I'm like, ah, that's what I expected. You know what it's I mean? It's what it is. Because they don't care, bro. They don't care about the, 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 the end customer experience. Because at the end of the day, your end customer experience, my end customer experience is the most important part. It's not about what you feel about it, right? Yes, you're creating something that is out of your head, but at the end of the day, it's for me. It's for you, right? Mm. It's not for, for you to eat. So it has to be set certain expectations. But if you prepared everything right up to that point, you have nothing to worry about. Right, exactly. If you, you know, um, I learned a lot about that in wrestling. Like if you, if you skip steps, you're not going to do the move right, you know? But if you don't, I mean, it's like everything is science, you know, like food is chemistry and psychology, like we said, and, you know, martial arts is like physiology and stuff. If you do the right steps, you're more likely to succeed. doesn't mean you will every single time yeah, yeah, shit yeah. happens, but yeah. you might as well like go out of it knowing that things are good. Do you, if you ever go over to a friend's house or a dinner party, do you feel like they get nervous to cook for you. I don't get invited often to people's houses. Oh, really? <laughs> Damn. That's it. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know why, man. I, I mean, I, there's my, my, my friend friends, we go we go there, but either I end up behind the stove. Um, for some reason, nothing's ever done when I go. Like, it's halfway done. They're like, Ronaldo, do you mind? I mean, ah, let's go. So I'll end up cooking. I don't mind. I don't care. Uh, but if I go to some, a friend's house to eat, I could tell you, man, in one hand, how many times I actually, like, I've been invited to a dinner dinner. Like, sit down at a table to eat dinner. Wow. Yeah, bro. But it's like, I can't count it in one hand, honestly. Because, like, I don't know if they're thinking that I'm going to be criticizing what they're they're going to uh, make. So they'll order takeout or something. And I'm like, listen, I don't care, bro. Like, I just want to eat. I'm not going to say nothing. It's like, yeah, but I know you. You might look at me or if I ask you, then don't ask me what I think about the food. Right. <laughs> like, it's it's stupid to ask me, um, you know, about how you did cooking this food. I I do this for a living. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't ask a, a, a race car driver, be like, yo, let me take on a couple laps. What do you think? He's going to say, it's shit. Like, it's right. No, that's a great point. You know, like, you know, I can't, you know, if, if my friend, my friend's a salesman, uh, I can't go give him salesman advice. I mean, I could give him some good pointers, but I'm not going to do it because that's not my shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's my lane, bro. Don't ask questions you don't want the answers to, right? A hundred percent, man. If you have that little gut feeling like, man, I'm not going to like this, don't ask. <laughs> yeah. Me. yeah. Listen, to your, listen to your gut both when you're hungry and when just in general, because it's yeah. probably right a lot of the time. So what happened to you? You know, you brought up the, the hip replacement. What happened to your hips? Uh, so I've had, so four years ago, well, actually past that, before that, like 2014, I started getting this pains in my hips right so i thought it was tightness or whatever so i would just stretch a lot started doing yoga started doing this it helped a little right but i just kind of trucked through the pain like whatever i have a high very high pain tolerance and i'll tell you how high it is in a bit so it came to a point that i went to the doctor i'm my orthopedic uh doctor and i was like yo bro i can't take this pain anymore man he's like let's do some x-rays he did x-rays he's like holy crap you have no cartilage on your right hip Yikes. what do you mean like, yeah it's literally grinding he's like how are you he's like he goes how are you walking around i'm like what do you mean he's like bro most people that 
I've been in this business a long time. And most people that are grinding the way you are can't even walk. They need a crutch and need something. I'm like, I don't know. Bro. I have, I, I have high pain tolerance. He's like, well, we don't have to replace your hip. I'm like, excuse me. He's like, there's no stem cell or some shit that you could not. It's you're way past it. So I was like, whatever. We got an MRI, confirmed the thing. I went out, set the appointment. So I was like, you know, I did my due diligence and I recommend anybody out here, man, that needs a total hip replacement, go to this hospital special surgery. Dr. Amar Ranawat, he, his father, check this out. So I did the research, right? His father was the one who founded this surgery. That's pretty awesome. It was I should awesome, get him on the bro. podcast. So I had like the best of the best replace yeah. my hip. So yeah, cool thing. He replaced it. He put it at a certain angle so I could do sports. So I told him, bro, I, I'm big into MMA. This and that. I said, don't worry. We'll put your hip in at a certain angle where you could really rotate and flex. And I've pushed it. I've pushed it. And we'll go later on how much I pushed it. So I got that replaced. Weeks went by. I was a little down. It's 35 years old, bro. And I was like, fuck, man, this is unbelievable. Um, I trained for the actual hip replacement. So I dropped like 15 pounds, got in stupid shape because I wanted to recover, right? Eight weeks passed, swelling's going down. My left, it starts hurting, bro, like to a point that I couldn't walk. And I was getting all kind of pain in my groin area. You know, the, 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 the mechanics down there weren't working properly. I'm like, yo, we need, we need to see this. I got another, another x-ray. And Dr. Ranawat at this point is like, bro, you need your left hip replaced. I'm like, why didn't we catch this? It's like, I don't know. I didn't think that you're going to need both. So literally because of my blood was still, my blood work was still valid. We made the appointment the following week. We were back in, got this one taken out, hip replaced, bada bing, bada boom. We're good to go. Four years of intense recovery, man. Four years of building back up. I, I had to like learn how to walk again. I had to squat, you know, learning how to, all that shit, squatting, deadlifting, all that. So four years past the line, I am feeling better than I was before, man. You know, I'm, you know, I'm squat, I'm deadlifting 315 plus uh, for reps, uh, 315 pounds, squatting over 250 pounds, um, running, doing all this crazy CrossFit stuff, doing MMA, kicking, everything, you name it. So this past weekend, Saturday, we're doing a training session, training one of the fighters, Brian, uh, Brian the Slayer. We're going at it. We're doing good. Bah, bah, we're, we're doing this whole sparring round. And I'm feeling good, bro. You know, I'm going in there with the young guys. I'm hitting them up. Boom. I grab the guy down. I take him down to the ground. I switch over. And I was going to, I was on a side, um, on side control. So pretty much I was on, so his, so I was on top of him this way and his head's here. So I was here. Right. And I was about to go knee to belly, but my left knee got stuck on his shirt. So when I went to move my, 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 so I can show you. So my, my, this is my knee, right? So when I went to move, instead of going this way, my hip went that way. Yikes. And it went, bah! and I felt it crackling. It was weird. It was like, like paper when you crumple paper, right? So it was like this. And then it just went, it went. So like, this is the, so people at home get an idea of, of what this is. I'll show you right now. I 
just spilled some water. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's pretty much you have. I don't know how all that water is. Anyway, so you have this this ball and joint right here, right? So and it and it's literally there like this. So what happened? I was here, and I think I caught it too late, and it went. Ooh. So my femoral head is here. So now you can see this bulge, and I was on my left side on top, and I go, king, king, king. And <laughs> my king, my hip, my hip, I popped out, it popped out. And he's like, holy shit, he comes over. And I was just like, I was laying on top of the guy, and I go to the guy, don't you fucking move. Don't you fucking move. And he's like, no, no, I won't, I won't. I'm like, don't nobody touch me. Don't touch me, man. The pain I felt at that moment, bro, Glenn, it was going through my whole life, bro. I'm sitting there and he comes over. He's like, I'm like, call 911. Call 911. I can't, I can't strain my leg. And it was just the next three hours, I was on my side, like on my shoulder, couldn't move. It, it wasn't a spectacle because they had to pick. I weighed 200, almost 210 pounds. I'm a big, big guy, very muscular, picking me up, putting me on this thing take me to the hospital um, and the EMT guys are not the fittest guys ever. Right. Put me in the hospital. I'm laying there. The ladies calm. They start giving me morphine and shit. And I'm like, listen, please knock me off soon, man. I just popped my head back in. And finally they did an amazing job. Robert Johnson, Brunswick, bro. Primo. We get to the, to the hospital. Doing, doing. They put in the, they put in the, the cocktail, right? They gave me 150 milliliters of CCs, whatever it is, of whatever cocktail. Completely not. I told them I want to be knocked out. I was like, bro, I don't want to feel shit, you know? So I get knocked out. And I remember when I was coming, so I was telling the guys, bro, I felt like I was in a Star Trek Enterprise, man. I felt like I was going through dimensions. Like, it was like, pew, pew, pew. bro, I was tripping, like, at another level, man. And I'm sitting there, and then I remember I could start getting feeling on my, I could start moving my, my toes, and then I moved my leg, and I was like, oh my god, my leg, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm back, I'm laying down, and and I was going like this, and then the doctor is like, all right, you need to, pre it's like, he, uh, can someone put his hands on his chest? Put my hands on my chest myself. He's like, good, good, you're you're starting to wake up, and I couldn't speak, so I was like, thumbs up. I grabbed the, the doctor's hand, the lady that was next to me grabbed her hand. She's like, you need to let go of my hand. And, I, and then with my other, with my left hand, I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, because I, I felt, it was like, I felt vulnerable, bro. I felt like alone. It was weird because I was, because I was like awake, but I wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Crazy, bro. Like I'm tripping, man. Yeah. And the lady's like, let go. And, and then what I did was I switched grips. I went like this. I did. I, I I grabbed her left hand and I grabbed her wrist, wrist control, and I pulled her down. Oh, jeez. She's like, Ronaldo, she's like, you need to let go of my hand, otherwise I can't do your paperwork. So the male doctor, the, the surgeon, he said, grab my hand. So I grabbed his hand, I pulled him down, and he said, you need, you, you have to let go of mine as well. He said, here's a pillow. So he puts a pillow on my chest, he's like, all right, grab and I and I just went like this, and I squeezed it. And then I was like... And I, and I could finally kind of talk. I was like, blah, blah, blah. And then finally got, understood what's going on. I started talking to everybody. And I was like, 
Good job, everybody. It's like, I know I'm high right now, but I want to say this is, you guys, spectacular job. I, man, this is A plus work. Yeah, it was, it was, it was funny. Because I was so happy. It was a relief because it could have been a lot worse, man. I could have got blood clots. I could have got my leg cut off. I mean, it would, it could have been really bad. But thank God, you know, and it wasn't. And, I, and I'm going to tell you, you know, uh, what we've been talking about, having sand, having control and chaos. I do a lot of mind training throughout my life, right? All, all my life. I've been through a lot of my life. You know, I've suffered from, I suffer, I have suffered from anxiety, PTSD, you know, that shit. Shit's Me real. Too. Yeah. So for me to be in that position, in my mind, I'm like, we're good, bro. You're fine. Just breathe. It hurts. It sucks. But you know what? You're going to be fine. Just focus. Stay relaxed. And everyone, I see everybody like panicked eyes. And I'm like, I'm good, guys. Just don't worry. Just don't fucking touch me. Don't fucking touch me. I will, I will punch you in the throat. I will punch you in the throat. And they're laughing. And then like, and I was just like, I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm in pain. Don't get it twisted, bro. I was in pain. But this right here, man, it's strong. It's, yeah. it's very strong. You know, we, you know, like David Goggins says, and it's very true. Like we only tap into 40% of our mental capacity. It's like this whole the world. And, you know, by, I think by reading all these books that I've read, by, by being around the people that I have, the, how I grew up, how I did everything, I think that, you know, those are the type of moments that you're getting choked by God, but you're like, I'm good. I'm still breathing. I'm fine. This is the yeah. moment that are you going to, to show up or are you, going to, are you going to wait in the waiting room or are you going to clock out, right? That's what's up. Perfect. And I think that's full circle. And I think it's a good time for us to get the plugs in. You guys can see uh, Chef Ronaldo, you know, shaking his hips on his Instagram, all that stuff. Plug whatever you want right here. Your book, where people can find it, your IG, your website. Take as much time as you need, brother. Yeah, man. I mean, first, I want to plug in for all the veterans, um, you know, the all the warriors out there. Any veteran site you could donate to to help them out, especially the homeless uh, the water project. There's a lot. Just go to veteran, uh, any veteran website, right? Uh, get out there and help all the veterans. You know, they're suffering mentally big time. Uh, secondly, um, want to thank you, bro, for bringing me on. Great conversation. Absolutely loved it. Uh, and all, to all my fellow total hip replacement out there, don't be a punk, man. Don't be a punk. Live your life. If it gets dislocated, just get it popped back in. You'll be fine. And as far as social media, you can follow me at chef underscore Ronaldo underscore um, Facebook. Just my name, Ronaldo Linares. Same thing with Twitter, Ronaldo Linares. And as well, you can purchase my book. Um, if you do happen to have diabetes, my book is Diabetic Friendly, published by the American Diabetes Association, Chef Ronaldo's Sabores de Cuba. You can find it on Amazon.com. And 90% of the proceeds go to diabetes uh, research to help those that need it for that cure that we're all looking for which you can find it in natural foods but that's another conversation you're a great guy i love that i love that your plug included uh you know like the, uh, the stuff about the veterans and the proceeds of your book go to you know diabetes research and it's yes. uh, that's that's beautiful man yes, so before we you. go i ask almost all of my guests this yeah, yeah, um yeah. gotta uh first off i want to shout out big al alex wilkie he's the you know the man the sensei the man, fdw absolutely so where um 
So I ask all my guests, other than your own, could you please suggest a book or a quote that you really love? A book. Oh, you got to read. I mean, I mean, we just talked about it. David Goggins uh, book. I mean, it's a must read. It's really good. It, it, I think it resonates with a lot of people across the board, people that have been bullied, people that uh, feel bad about themselves, people that have had a tough upbringing. I mean, it, it really touches a lot of different uh, um, bases. But at the end of the day, it lets you know to take accountability for your for yourself. If you can't take accountability for yourself, there's, you know, you, you can't move to the next step in life, as long as you do that. Um, I, I mean, for that, I, I think the book that you need to read is that David Goggins book. And as far as a quote, um, you know, I might have to go with Alex Wilkie here, bro. You know, control chaos, baby. Control chaos. All right, everyone. Ronaldo, thank you so much. It's been great. We'll have you back on again, obviously. This was a great conversation. Everybody, see you later. Goodbye. Peace out.